Hello everybody and welcome back to Draco's Den, our third episode this week, or this show at least. The topic will be support systems, my support system specifically, how I noticed that support systems really are helpful, not just in my writing, but in my life as a foster parent, and um, how a larger one may be more helpful, um, and what I've noticed that, uh, or how I've noticed that it helps others. So we're definitely going to get into that topic today, and I do have a interesting fan-submitted question for the end of the podcast. So let's start off. You know, my support system is a little smaller than what some people's uh, or some other authors may be, but I definitely do have one. Um, you know, my my primary support has always been my mom. Um, it was my mom who, when I decided I started writing and I liked it, uh, was the most encouraging. I do remember even my mom showing me some of her writing when I started doing it just to show, you know, I guess maybe that the talent was a little bit hereditary and because it was a really good story that I remember her showing me. Um, but also just to kind of keep me inspired because everything that I do, I kind of look up to my mom, you know, that was the primary parent for me and I've seen her do so many extraordinary things. So they just add it to the list of things. So even with getting my books published, um, you know, she tried getting it, you know, done when I was younger before the advent of self-publishing, she did, you know, some research to look into copyrights and how you go about submitting to publishers, um, and so on and so forth. I just never finished a book that I was ready to hand her at the time and say, well, here, let's go ahead and try shopping this one around. Um, but she always, you know, kept that support up. And um, even now she still asks, you know, anytime she talks to me, you know, how's writing going just because I've done it so long and it's this dream of mine to do full time. So that's definitely like the biggest support system I have as far as the writing and pretty much anything else, really. Um, you know, she, when, uh, she got me a computer or she got a computer for the house, but it was really primarily because I wanted to type up my work at home and not have to wait until I went to go to my grandmother's house, uh, to use her computer for a little time that I'd be allowed to use it to do all my typing. Instead, I had one at home finally that I could do some of my work, even though I still to this day always handwrite my stories before I type them up. I just find it easier to commit to memory. And then I know in my head where I need to change things, not necessarily about typos, but just things in a story that I'm like, okay, that doesn't really work so well. I want to change this, or I want to change how somebody said something or things like that. But it definitely was a huge help to have that computer in the house you know, for a few years, you know, on before I went off to college and got a laptop and then started buying my own computers from then on. Um, my dad was actually, you know, kind of supportive too. I think I mentioned in the first episode, my dad did read my very first short story and how I wrote it and was definitely supportive, even though I still maintain that story was kind of horrible, but it was a start and we all have to start somewhere. Now, as far as, you know, other people's support, as far as the rest of my family outside of my parents, there's not a whole lot of support there. Um, my siblings don't, or my blood siblings don't really read very much. If they do, then that's news to me. And, it, you know, I am 
the different child. I'm the nerd child. I'm the one that likes all the, the nerdy fantasy anime comic book type of stuff out of both of my parents' children. That's just kind of my role. And it is what it is. Uh, but I kind of, you know, have a support system in other people instead. So, you know, the rest of the family doesn't support either. So uncles, grandparents, there's not really any support there. Keep in mind, though, my dad's parents have long since passed away, but my mom's parents are not really supportive. Um, My support comes a lot more outside of the family from the friends that I've gathered pretty much since high school, you know, my very best friend, um, the friends that I call sisters, one of whom, Kia Moore, it just published her very first book um, last week. Uh, it's a poetry novel. And, you know, she finally buckled down and, and published her own. And I'm supporting her the way she's pretty much always supported me. Kia is the person that constantly helps me come up with names names for characters, names for the books. I think she named um, the fifth book, Relinquish Mercy. Uh, She named the first book in the Coven series, Bewitched Souls. I want to say she named the third book in the Dragon Hunter series, Fatal Healing. But either way, this is who normally, like, I can give her just a basic drift of what I need to do in a book. And if I'm struggling with a title, which are not my strong point, she can just drop a name and it sticks. Um, I've had other friends that were supportive and hopefully they don't mind me naming them if they do tough because I'm going to. So Kia's sister, Lashara, has read all of my books and she's one of those people that I know read the book because she gets mad at the right parts. So when I've killed certain characters off... She's the one that lets me hear it first. It's how I know she's a true supporter. She actually knows what's going on and can answer questions about it if I were to question her or if someone else were to question her. Um, Way back supports uh, I had were um, another old friend of mine named Holly. She did the cover, the very first original cover for The Lost Dragon, which is still up on my website because it was such a beautiful design. The only reason I changed it was because the covers that came after it were so drastically different, but I wanted to preserve that first cover. So you'll see it on my website, um, on the fan page on Facebook, I believe it's on the Twitter one too, but I always keep it up somewhere because it was such a beautiful design. It was exactly what I asked her for at the time. The name of that book was The Lost Dragon. She... Um, I told her what I had in mind for that dragon, Andreas being a black dragon and the way that I wanted. She added her own little touches and it was a beautiful design and she was always really supportive. In fact, she's the person that wrote the very first uh, sex scene I wrote myself into way back in high school. She was the one that kind of helped me figure out how to start that and I've not stopped ever since. Um, my best friend is Michael Ann. She, uh, and yes, her name is Michael Ann. Um, she is my sounding board. So when I'm starting a new project, when I'm working on one of the, the current projects and I need to bounce ideas off, I can go to her and you know say, this is what I, I'm doing thus far. This is how I, where I want to get to. And she can help me brainstorm and map out ideas. And she's done that for several of the books. Like I don't know how many of them she actually took time to read because I've taken so much time describing what goes on in 
each book to her she may not necessarily have to read be nice if she did but you know to each their own um but you know those are like my my strongest supporters that i know personally that are around in like my everyday life these are the people that since the beginning since the first work on down to the last book that i just published last year which was sunder the second in the the coven series you know these are the people that i know always actually follow along, read, know what's going on in the series, support. They share the links when I post them, you know, to get people to buy them. And I know with the style that I write, you know, maybe their fans or their friends on their friends list on Facebook and such may not necessarily be into my style of writing, but it's still important that people share the links and, you know, I, I do know I've gotten some new fans through them. Um, they've recommended some to their friends and they'll go buy it. And every little bit helps. Now, when I talk about the issue of support systems, especially when it comes to writing, you know, I have a, a little bit of a fan base. You know, I have, you know, a little over a thousand followers or so on my Facebook fan page and about eight or 900 on Twitter. I, we're not going to talk about Instagram because I really don't use that much for my writing. I do, you know, post pictures of stuff on there, but it's not really my chief form of advertising. But the thing that I notice is that when I shot up in the number of followers I had, I also got a number of requests from people that I know that I may not deal with on the regular all of a sudden wanting me to share their stuff. Now, mind you, these are people that did not participate or interact at all when I was first publishing my work and building this fan base to what fan base I've managed to acquire thus far. But when they can see that my numbers look higher than what they've got, then I'm starting to get these requests. Hey, could you share this? Now, here's the thing with that. I'm an author, right? I write fantasy, I write gay romance, that, that those are my genres, those are the things that I do. So most of the people that are going to follow me for my writing, that's the type of thing they're into. They're not going to expect me to share a local rapper's music. And I use that term loosely because normally when I get asked this question or, you know, I'm offered, you know, something like that, it's generally not the greatest music. It's generally not anything that I would personally listen to. But the, the big sticker to me is just that it always comes from these people that were not supporting me and are still not supporting me. You know, I haven't seen them share a link. I don't, even if you don't read the books because it's not your cup of tea, sharing the link and, you know, just getting the word out there helps immensely, especially when I'm self-published. So that means I have to do all of the marketing and advertising myself. I have to pay for that. So any advertising I can get that I don't have to pay for is an immense help. But you get these people who are not frequent sources or, uh, yeah, frequent source in my life want me to help them, but they're not doing anything to help me. Now, first sense, this might sound a little bit selfish for me to be like, well, you're not helping me. However, you know, when I have spent, you know, every year since 2012, I, I'm now going into my eighth year of being a self-published author, you know, building the fan base that I've managed to build thus far, for you to come along and try to 
insert yourself and and piggyback off my success or in this case maybe my perceived success is a little bit on the insulting side because you haven't been supporting the dream all along you just want to you know hit your wagon to someone so that you can get your numbers up and the other thing to kind of keep in mind since it's normally the rappers that do this what interactions i've had with my fans a lot of them don't really listen to rap those that do prefer the old school rap, not this new school type of stuff. And then even if they would be potentially interested in it, I don't like the idea of sharing anything that I personally wouldn't recommend, especially in the case of music, because I don't want them to think, well, this is what Draco was listening to when he wrote. What kind of writing does he do? Absolutely not. And while I do listen to music and I have a very wide you know, taste in music, I also have the, I don't have the ability to bullshit someone and tell them, oh, I, I love this song. This song, you know, th this will be a hit and share this. And hey, everybody come listen to this when I really think it's absolute garbage. Or it sounds like every generic rapper or rap song or whatever that I hear on the radio that I turn the channel away from anyway. But I just noticed that these are the people that most frequently with me, even though I have a totally different fan base from what they need in order to succeed in their field, they just look at the numbers on social media and assume, okay, well, if I get him to share it, you know, maybe some of his fans will listen to it and buy my stuff. Generally speaking, no, that's, that's not really going to work. But like I said, it just kind of eats away at you that, this person that doesn't support you and what you do wants you to support them and what they do and help them. And they're not going to do it in return. No, it'd be different if they didn't know, you know, or when they originally met me somehow that I was an author and that I had all these books out and, you know, they kind of discovered it at the time and we agreed to both mutually share each other's stuff. But that's never the arrangement that's supposed. It's always just, hey, can you share this link for me? to you know, you know all your fans on Twitter and on your Facebook page but there's no you know I'll share some of your book links if you send them to me so those people would probably like others to believe they might be in my support system or that you know that they are some form of fan of mine but they really aren't and I find that the number of them grows kind of with each passing year I just kind of get random you know, DMs, just, hey, share this link for me with someone that I don't speak to on a regular, don't even know what you're asking me to share. And then when I look at it and listen to it, I would really prefer not to share it anyway. Now, you may be wondering what made me go into this particular topic uh, for this show. And the answer is kind of simple. It's just that, you know, with me helping my sister Kia put her book out, I already noticed that a few of those types of people kind of tend to crop up uh, that weren't really supportive when she told us all that she was doing this and that she had this goal and she had set a deadline, but all of a sudden kind of jump on the train, as it were, as soon as they see, oh, she's actually, you know, put the date out, you know, put the book out, I can see a link for it. And... Then come the ones that, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, it's not so much about them wanting you to share something of theirs, but that want to claim some sort of 
pride in what you do, but had no belief in you before, they didn't support you at all, they weren't encouraging at all, but now they want to You say, oh, I'm so proud, this is my brother, this is my sister, this is my son, this is my nephew, so on and so forth. And I noticed that happens a lot, unfortunately, with our family members who should be our strongest support system. Um, and sometimes with the, with the close or what we thought were close friends too, you know, they, they get it in their head that this was an impossible dream, an unrealistic dream, or maybe that you just wouldn't stick with this dream. And then when they see a little evidence, okay, now I'm proud. And in some cases it's, I'm proud, but I'm not proud of you publicly. I'm proud of you in private. I'm proud of you through a message, but I can't say it where people would see it. Whereas everyone else is saying it where it can be seen. And all of these people that are being seen were the most supportive ones all along anyway. Um, kind of grates on your nerves when you've worked so hard and, you, and put so much effort into doing something like publishing a book. And these doubters, these naysayers, these people that should have been your strongest supports but were actually the absolute weakest and worst supports that you have, all of a sudden want to bask in the glory they want to take a little credit for what you've done and what you've accomplished now all of a sudden they're proud and again that because it always sticks in my head oh my in my case you know oh my grandson has published a book or oh my brother or oh my cousin has published this book but you weren't in any way supportive of what i did before you weren't supportive of me when I started writing in fifth grade, you know, you were the one that made fun of me and thought I didn't hear about it. Oh, well, he's just weird. Oh, he talks to himself. Oh, he's never going to get anywhere with that. Oh, he's he's always just going to be that little weird dude. Okay. Well, little weird dude has now published eight different books, has been published in, a, in a, an anthology uh, for a group on Goodreads. Um, you know, has started his own podcast, is busy, you know, as a foster parent and, and, and excelling at being the foster parent, according to some. I have my doubts on that one from day to day, but what parent doesn't? You know, I'm doing all these things. I've, I've made these goals for myself and I'm accomplishing these goals. And now you get these people want to crowd in and now they want to crow about it like they had some part in it. But it's like if you weren't encouraging this dream, if you weren't helping to support this dream, and I don't just mean, you know, like buying me the notebooks and the pens when I was too young to do it myself so that I could write this stuff or the computer, but you also weren't letting me talk about my stories, talk about my ideas, ask questions for things that I don't know that you might know as an adult that I can use for my books. If you weren't, you know, supporting from day one when I said that, hey, I found a way to publish my book, if you weren't you know, that happy congratulatory type of person, you were that, oh, okay, well, you're self-publishing and you kind of sneered down at me. Why would I, you know, allow you to bask in what success I've managed to find now that I've actually done it and have some form of recognition? And I certainly wouldn't allow you to continue to do so if I were to elevate any higher. And I'm going to continue writing these books, but I don't like those people that want to come in and all of a sudden take a little credit because, you know, you get those older family members like, oh, well, I always knew he would be something. But when I was younger, you were the one that told me I wouldn't be anything or you were the one that told me it was a, a, a 
foolish dream, a stupid dream, a dumb dream, however you want to phrase it, because to be honest, I don't think any of my family has ever used the word foolish. But this is how you thought originally, and now that I've grown up, and now that you see evidence of it, now you want to say, oh, well, I always thought he would be something great. And you didn't. And kind of one of those things that's like you can either get really frustrated about or you can look at and laugh and just ignore these people. As I've gotten a little older and I have more on my mind, I tend to ignore these people. But it just is interesting to me as I watched another a friend of mine come in and finally achieving her dream, how you see little bits and pieces of that coming in with her. And you kind of wonder like you know how supportive are some of these people that were her doubters and naysayers how supportive are they really going to be you know are, are they going to actually buy and read and review and and continue to share the links and and hype it up to others or are they just going to be like some of the people that i've come across where okay you're proud for the moment you're proud you know kind of publicly but only to say, oh, I always believed in this person as if you really had some hand in helping her accomplish this. It's kind of a, a bit of a trend that I've noticed and I've sit back and I'm still sitting back and watching because it still goes on in my life. You know, every time I make a big move or I have a new release, there's somebody that wants to take credit or suddenly say, you know, I knew he would be a, a, an author. You know, I always knew he had talent. I read some of his earlier works and most people that say they read my early works would be lying because I didn't share my early work. Um, I, my mom and my dad read some. But as I got older and I kept going down the list and I'm writing a whole series of books, I didn't let them read that until I started publishing. And then even then, they only read it when they went and got the book. Um, and then that kind of brings up another little interesting point, too. When I have release books so often we get these so-called supporters that think in turn for maybe sharing a link or telling somebody they know about it i should give them a free book well no if i didn't give my mom a free book which my mom insisted on buying her own and i didn't give my dad one he also insisted on buying his own why would i give anyone else if i didn't give my life bringers a free copy why would i give anyone else one you know, it, it's not like I overpriced my books. If you read on Kindle, I think the most expensive one might be $5. Um, all the rest of them are like $0.99, cent, $2. That's not a whole lot. And you pay that for mainstream. You pay more than that for mainstream books. I pay more than that for mainstream books. But these people seem to think that they're entitled. So I've got, you know, when I came to family gatherings after I did the first two books, so many family members would ask, well, when do I get my copy? The answer to this is always when you go on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or iBooks or Sony or wherever else it's available and buy a copy like everyone else does. I'm not giving you a free copy. And even when I do giveaways, you know, as a prize, that's a marketing tactic, giving that out to people to kind of hook them in. And normally it's part of some larger prize thing, like for group one Goodreads or uh, some of the blog tours I do, I do giveaways for. 
but you know, just to come up and ask me, hey, when do I get my copy of the book? Unless you're asking, you know, can I hand you this money and you get a copy of the book for me? It's kind of a really rude thing to ask an author because I've spent years developing these characters, developing these stories, writing these stories, and you're asking me to give you a freebie. I don't give out freebies and it's just so rude to ask me, but it's also so common for me to be asked. Okay, so you may be wondering, as we've reached this point, we're winding down a little bit, what type of things you can do to support any of the authors that you know, what, uh, what really helps. So let's get the obvious one out of the way. The first thing you can do to support your author friend is to buy the book from wherever you choose to buy books from in whichever format you try to buy them. Uh, if you prefer paperback, most of us do paperbacks. Buy the paperback um, from wherever we give the link to. Buy the ebook. Buy whichever way, but as long as you buy it. That's the most obvious and effective way to really help. The next way, a little less obvious, but people don't seem to believe me when I say this, review the book. Leave a review somewhere, Amazon, wherever. Doesn't have to be long. Doesn't have to be particularly, you know, lengthy, thought out. Uh, doesn't have to be like a whole book report to classify as a review. One sentence as a review does just fine. As long as in the review you're not referring to us like you know us, Amazon won't remove it. Um, but whether you review it on Amazon or wherever you bought the book from, which is helpful either way, uh, we also have the Goodreads platform. Wherever you choose to review it, as long as you're reviewing it, it helps. Um, that helps us get noticed. That helps other readers sometimes because some readers actually do look at the reviews before they buy a book and that's how they make their decision. It also helps, especially on Amazon, with us getting recommended to readers of the genre that we write in. You have to get a certain number of reviews. The last time I checked, the last time I heard anything about it, your book needed 50 reviews. 50 reviews. Doesn't say 50 positive reviews, just 50 reviews in order for them to start recommending it. That number may have gone up, down, might have changed, have no idea, but that was the last thing I heard on it. Um, but that helps immensely if you leave that review somewhere. Then there's the other thing of sharing the book. So we all use social media. If you're listening to this right now, you probably have some form of social media. That's likely how you found me, unless you were just using Anchor or something and happened to be browsing the podcast and found me. But either way, most of us in this day and age have social media. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have an Instagram, we have something, if not all of the above and then some. Share the book wherever on social media and you know tell people through word of mouth. You can recommend that a library look into our book and pick it up for their collection. That helps, and it counts you know, for us, too. Anything that basically gets us out there, especially you know, if you're like, well, I really don't have money to buy the books of every author friend that I know, and if you've got that many author friends, I salute you. Or if you're just on hard times and you really don't have extra spending money like that, we understand. Share the book. Other people aren't on such hard times and might take a look just because they see you shared a link to it and something catches their eye. All of that helps us. 
any little bit of, of helping us get our name out there is a huge way to support your author friend. Now, personally, if you want to support on a more personal basis because your friends, their family member, whatever, it always helps, well, at least for me, it helps to have a sounding board, someone to bounce ideas off of, someone to help me come up with names for characters, names for the book, someone to just help me work through all the ideas that are floating around in my head at any point in time. Other things that might help a little bit, just depends on the author, give them a little food, give them something to drink. I didn't say what kind of drink, so depends on what they like. Some need coffee, some need Pepsi. That's my personal preference. Some need alcohol. I like that too. Anything that you think might help. Also, on a more serious note, be more mindful of your author friend's time, especially when we tell you we're on a deadline. And it does not matter if we are traditionally published or self-published. If we're on a deadline, we're on a deadline. Because if we disobey that deadline, then we get into a habit. It tends to delay us. We allow our, we delay ourselves until you know we just don't get the project released. I've done that with one particular book. Now, that book I actually hated, but still procrastination is our worst enemy. So if we're on a deadline and we're like, you know, we really don't have time to, to go out anywhere. We don't have time to hang out like that. That just be mindful of. Um, and anything else that might, you know, can take up a bit of our times. Cause even after we've hit our deadline to submit to an editor, the editing process is a long, lengthy, and crappy process because I don't know a single author anywhere that loves the editing process. I personally speaking hate it every book because it's it's never just one round of edits. You know, you, you got to go through the edits for typos, and sometimes those typos aren't caught in the first you know read through. And sometimes it takes two or three to catch every typo, and you still might miss a few. And to also catch the the holes in the story, like you did something, you changed an idea midway through, but you forgot to change something that referred to it earlier in the book, whatever it takes. Editing is a long process, so anything to kind of take the burden off. In my case, it would be wonderful if occasionally I had a babysitter when I'm on deadline, just to keep me from being so distracted by my child running around and asking me 3,847 questions because he sees that daddy is doing something other than looking at him. These are all things that I find are great ways to support your author friends. And also, you know, for some of us, you know, maybe after we've written an emotionally draining scene, we just need time to cool down. I've had a couple of those where it's like, I just need time to not think about what I just had to write. And I did have one of those moments towards the end of the last book that I wrote. Little things like that help. And then if you're not sure of other ways that you can be a little bit more personally supportive, ask that individual, because we all have our own personal tics. You know, some people write in silence, so they need you not to be around them when they're trying to write. Other people, like myself, need some noise, so I don't care if you're around, and I don't even care if you're talking to me. It actually helps to have noise around me because I just don't write well in silence. It just depends. So if ever you're in doubt, just ask the author, friend, or relative, or whatever that you're dealing with, what you can best do to support them, other than the more obvious buying the book and reviewing the book that I started this off with. 
All right, so we're going to bring this to a close now, but we know that my ending segments are always going to be for any fan-submitted questions that I get. Um, I only have one for this week, but I do have a uh, question that everybody might be asking because of when I'm going to release this episode, which is on a Tuesday. I clearly had been doing Saturday before. Short answer on that one. I had time to record today because I was out of work and I got the recording done and I just decided I would like to put this one out today because this isn't the only episode I'm going to release this week. Here's the fun part about this. I'm going to do at least one episode a week, but I reserve the right to do more than one, just depending on how many topics come to mind, what issues come up that might need addressing, and by need, I mean I just want to talk about them. Whatever happens. So you might get more than one episode each week. Now, to the fan question. Have you ever considered your characters in a fanzine or comic book style format? Um, this is this was actually submitted by one of my biggest, you know, personal supporters, um, my oldest adopted sons. Uh, he has an older sister. Her mother submitted this question, and I love this question because the answer is absolutely yes. Um, I would love my books to be portrayed in like a comic book form, I think. Maybe a graphic novel if we could pull that off. Either way, I think that with the amount of action that I have and the liveliness of the characters as I see them, those formats would be very helpful. And I think that might help follow, you know, some people follow along a little bit better. And, you know, for people that I know that don't really like to read long books, but would like to be invested in my story. So they're more of a comic book type of person. I would love to be able to translate my books over into some form of a comic book series for them to, you know, remain interested in, still get to know the characters. In my head, I feel like, you know, I don't think anybody would really draw the whole, like, erotic scenes in there. You would just kind of allude to them um, happening off-panel. But the fight scenes and, and, and the action and the dialogue and all that, and if I could ever come across someone that comic books were their thing, and they knew, and maybe somebody that already self-published a comic book and could work with me to, you know, turn my novels into comic books, I would definitely, definitely seize the chance to do that type of work. I think I would do well with that one. I just have no actual artistic ability whatsoever when it comes to drawing. I know what the characters look like in my head, and I would want them to stick true to that. I don't want any changing in race and color. But yes, if the opportunity ever arose to do those types of things in my books, I would absolutely be all over it and would get started on it immediately and dive headfirst in. So that about brings Draco's Den to a close for this episode. I haven't quite decided what we're going to talk about for episode four yet. I think I want to take some fan suggestions. So if you have a suggestion, maybe send it to me on Facebook or Twitter, or go to my website and use the contact form, whichever way you prefer to get hold of me. And if you know me personally, just call me and tell me what you think would be a good topic. I've got a few that I've been suggested before, but some of those require maybe some guest appearances. So either way, if there's a topic writing related, entertainment related, whatever it is that you feel that I might be interesting talking about it, 
go ahead and send that to me. See you next show.